Hi there, and welcome to the Electric Vicuna podcast, where we make original audio drama from 13 years of productions. I'm Jack Ward. As I look over now the over 44 episodes of the EVP podcast, I have to take a moment and feel a sense of pride. I mean, I've always focused towards the next adventure, the newest production and script. But the EVP podcast has been a trip down memory lane for me. Many of the shows I haven't listened to since their creation, and for the most part, you know, I'm pretty happy with the way most of the stories have turned out. Each episode brings me closer to becoming the kind of writer I hope to be. And I hope in the meantime, it's entertained you. If it has, please take a moment to go to iTunes, write out a brief review about the EVP podcast. Let others know that we're out there. That's the best way to pass on our stories. You know, we're getting closer and closer to the end of our backlog of audio dramas, and that just makes me more excited for the future. I'm entirely expecting at some point that we may have to make the EVP podcast a monthly or bi-monthly affair, but it will continue to post new shows for your approval. Tonight, we bat a little cleanup with an incredible production of Tulpa from Chatterbox Audio Theatre. Bob Arnold, the main driver at Chatterbox, asked me to post their request for writers for a live show to be broadcast in Tennessee. He added a personal note hoping I'd write something too. The best of the scripts from the contest would be performed. Inspired by one of the stories I heard in Mysterious Universe about Tulpas, I got to work and had something cobbled together in about 40 minutes. After a draft or two, I sent it out and the Chatterbox folks knocked it out of the park on Halloween night. After Tulpa, I've included a few sketches I wrote back in the day when we were hyping Sonic Gold. We just ran out of energy and time to keep that series going, unfortunately. That won't be the case here, though, as we continue with Tulpa and EVP Comedy Shorts. Tulpa by Jack J. Ward Celeste? What are you doing here? Turn on the light! I can't see you! Celeste, how, how'd how you get in here? How'd I get... I live here. Who are you? What are you doing here? <laughs> Stop joking, Celeste. Where's Brandon? What do you mean, where's Brandon? You know where Brandon is, Celeste. Uh, how'd you get in here anyway? D- don't come any closer! D- okay, okay, take it easy. I'll call the police! Look, look, just put the knife down, Okay. <laughs> Why's the table set? For Brandon! He'll be here. Any minute. He's gotta be. I've been waiting so long. Okay, okay. Listen to me, Cell. You're confused. You left Bran weeks ago. What? No. Stay back! Okay, okay. I'm not going anywhere, okay? Can you just... Just put down the knife and we'll talk. We don't have anything to talk about. Go! Now, I told you, Brandon will be here any minute. Brandon, I I know why Brandon isn't here. I know why he hasn't come. Where is he? Did, did you... Did you do something to him? If you hurt no, him... No, no, I didn't. I didn't. Listen, I'm just going to sit down and we can talk. Okay? Okay. You don't have to put down the knife. What's this? Samanyalfala Suda, the fruits of contemplative life, the essence of Nirmita? I don't know. They're Brandon's, I guess. He never, never told me about them. I never knew he was into Buddhism. Celeste, you need to think. When did you last see Brandon? I don't know. I just woke up and, and he was gone and... And I miss him so much. So do I. Where is he? He's gone, Sal. 
Like six days now. Gone? No. He was just... I mean, he was just here. He's gone, so... Where? Where? Gone. No. No. No, that's not possible. How? When he found out about you and me. You? I don't even know who you are. So, honey, we live together. We have for two weeks. You moved out of here like a month ago. Remember, I I came back from overseas after my tour, and, and things weren't going well with Bran, and we... Oh. No! Why are you lying to me? I never... I couldn't! I love Brandon, and, and he's coming back. He's coming back, and he's going to come through that door any minute, and... He's not, Celeste. He's not coming back. Oh, Look, what are you doing? It's okay. I'm just getting my phone. I'm going to play our answering machine for you. I'm going to call home, and you'll hear our voices. We recorded the answering machine when you moved in. I, I'd show you pictures, but you know I hate taking pictures on my phone. I don't know anything about you. Okay, just let me dial, okay? I'll hit speaker, and you'll hear. Celeste? Jeremy! What are you trying to do? Creep me out? You know I hate it when you don't say anything on the phone. Uh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Where are you? Where am I? (laughs) Should I ask what you're wearing? Is this going to be one of those phone calls again? I... 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 Who is that on the phone? uh... I, I hate to break the mood, lover, but I'm down in the laundry room doing a second load. Not exactly a perfect time for a sexy call. Uh, lover? Jeremy, are you still there? Yeah. Yeah, I'm still here. Who is that on the phone? I, um... Could you maybe pick up some Chinese tonight? I'm just beat, and... Who is that with you? Who is that on the phone? Look, I gotta call you back. Who are you talking to? Just someone here. I'll call you right back. Bye. was that? That... That's... It's Celeste. I'm Celeste. I'm Celeste! I don't understand how this is happening. Why won't Brandon come home? He's gonna be home anytime. And when he gets here, he'll make you leave, and then we can be together, and everything will be perfect. Will be perfect? It, It is. Is perfect. It's perfect now, and it will just stay that way. Who are you? You need to leave. You need to go. I came here to start packing Brandon's things. No! I'll call the police. They'll stop you. Brandon will be here. He's not coming. Don't you understand? He died a week ago. No! No, it's not true. It's not true. It's not true. Brandon! Wait a minute. Just, just wait a minute. You said you don't know about these books. What has that got to he do? He was telling me something, something before he, before he, he was angry, and I can understand. Cell, so, she, 
left. And he didn't think that... Brandon, where are you? Why aren't you home? I'm so scared without you. He just... He said that she wouldn't leave. He wouldn't be alone. Please leave. Brandon will be here. He said that he was... Wait a minute. It says here, Tulpas are magic formations generated by a powerful concentration of thought. It is a materialized thought that has taken physical form. Physical form. I've asked you to leave. Why don't you leave? Can't you see? I just want to wait till Brandon gets home. I'll make him dinner and everything... Everything will be all right. Celeste, there's only one way any of this makes sense. What? You're not here. What do you mean, I'm not here? I mean, you're at my place, our place, doing laundry, and I'm not talking to you right now. Brandon, where are you? Why don't you come home? He's dead, Celeste. He died. He took his own life, and God help me, I'm going to feel guilty for the rest of my life because of it. Because I loved him, and I couldn't stop him or be here when he needed me. What are you saying? And if, if Celeste is at home waiting for me, there's really only one thing that makes any sense, and it's impossible, but it's the only thing. Why don't I f- feel right? Because Brandon did love you, Celeste. He loved you so much that when he heard about the ancient Tibetan belief in tulpas, magical creations, I read about them once. The the monks believed that if you focused long enough and hard enough... Where did you say Brandon is? You can create an object or being out of pure wanting. And that's what Brandon wanted more than anything, Celeste. I made dinner for when he'll get home. He wanted things to work out with you. And when they couldn't... Brandon? Brandon, where are you? Where are you? He thought you up. But even a tulpa can't exist if it's not being thought about. And maybe it took you a little too long to materialize. Maybe, maybe, by the time he had thought you into existence, the perfect life with Celeste... He had given up. Hello? Celeste. Yeah? I'm here. What's up? Nothing. I just... I wanted to hear your voice. (laughs) You pick up Chinese yet? No. No, I'm still at Branton's place. Okay? Yeah. Yeah, I'm okay. Um, Celeste. Uh huh. You loved Brandon, right? <sighs> Jeremy, what? I mean, you really loved him once, didn't you? Yeah. I really did. But don't be upset about no, it. No, no, I'm not upset. Actually, I'm, I'm kind of glad. Glad? Yeah. I think we all deserve a little happiness. Don't you? Jeremy, maybe you should pack up later. I told you, if I could go there, I would have before, but... Ghosts. I... 
No, I remember. Too many memories for you two. Maybe, maybe I'll, I'll have to wait until another day. The apartment's paid up till the end of the month. Good idea. Come home, okay? I miss you. I miss you too. So, Chinese, aren't you going to make dinner for me? <laughs> you know I hate cooking. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> I'll see you soon. Love you. I love you too. Good night, Bratlings. What about stories? Yeah, you gotta read stories. Jack, your children want stories. So read them a story. What are you doing? I'm working on the on a car. Your car is in the basement? It's a present. You know, I never believed it the first time when you. I'm sorry, Sharon. I can't hear you. Two words. Stories. He makes my head hurt. Yes, read us a story, please. All right, all right. There once was a little troll who hated children. What was his name? It doesn't matter. Everybody got a name. Dibble. I know Dibble. He's not a troll. How do you know? Trolls are tall. He's not a hobbit. All right, all right. But Dibble hated children. And what was worse, he had to babysit this little girl named Samantha. Sounds horrible. Yeah, girls are awful. Not like boys. Let's see if you feel that way in five years. So then what happened? Why don't we just listen to it instead? Listen? Sure. Your father has every audio story known to man around here. Ah, here it is. Cinder Dibble. Cinder Dibble? Shouldn't that be Cinderella? Who's telling the story anyway? Colonial Radio Theater? You are your father's son. Who falls asleep listening to a pirate adventure? Tired little boys. Thanks for reading to them. They aren't so bad. I know. Little boys sound more terrifying than they really are. You know what they call you? What? The Bratling Queen. I think it comes from you calling them Bratlings all these years. Well, I mean it as a term of endearment. I know. At least I know that I can read to them. If I read to them, you mean have them listen to an audio drama? Yes. Just don't do it next, Sonic Gold. We've got Harry Niles in the West Bay Road coming up from Jim French Productions. No more Captain Blood? Oh, no, more of that, too. Just a little later on in the program. Episode 5, Don Pedro. See how I snuck that little promo in for next week in there? You're very clever. Good night, folks. What? I said good night, Shan. I could have sworn. Jack! Shannon, ow! Is that you? Where are you? Crap, crap! I know you're in this apartment! I heard you! I, I'm in the basement! Don't come down! Why not? I'm... I'm... I'm working on your birthday present! My birthday was last month! Then Christmas! That's not for nine months! Oh, for heaven's sake! No! Wait a minute! 
What are you doing down here? Just, um, are, uh, monkeying around. With what? Nothing. It's private. It, no! No, leave the cloth! Jack. I know. You promised you'd get rid of it. Not true. I promised I'd never mention it on the show again. Well, what are you doing now? Hey, you came down here. I told you not to come. The podjector is universally hated by our listeners. But it's a clever combination. Hated. Of the words... Hated. Podcast and projector. Hated. But it's been in the family for generations. No, it hasn't! How else am I going to see our radio plays? You don't see them in the first place. This was my problem with Sonic Cinema. It's not cinema. It's not movies. It's audio. What am I going to do with this week's Sonic Gold show? You have a Sonic Gold show in there. Loaded and threaded. It can't be threaded. It's a two-reeler, just like the old days. We've got the Grist Mills, if you can take my hand, and continuing episode three, Plans of Escape. Episode three? Of Captain Blood. Wasn't he played by John Barrymore? No, you're thinking of Jerry Robbins. So who plays Captain Blood? Errol Flynn. They recorded Errol Flynn play Colonial's Captain Blood? No, 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 for the movie. There was a movie? Yes, and in the movie, Errol Flynn played Captain Blood. So who plays him for Colonial? Jerry Robbins. I thought you said he played Barrymore. He did both, but that's after our main feature. Our main feature is the gristmill. Yep, if you take my hand. Well, crank it up or whatever. Really? This is a great show, I promise. So let's do it. You'll watch? Listen. Listen to it then? Absolutely. As long as this is the last time. Then I'll help you take this thing apart. Okay. Here here we go. The grist mills, if you take my hand. Uh, Jack? Yes? It's kind of creepy down here. Do you want to take my hand? Well, if it'll help you be less scared. So, what'd you think? Creep-tastic! What now? Just a moment while we change reels. You don't... So what are we supposed to do? Well, in audio theaters of old... You make my head hurt. They used to show an intermission filler to get people to buy popcorn. Popcorn? Great idea. Where are you... That was fast. Audio theater popcorn pops more quickly than movie theater. Now you're getting into it. Ready? Real set up. Then on with the show. Show? But I thought it was audio. It works for both. Show works for both, but cinema doesn't. Part three of Captain Blood, Plans of Escape. Can I at least have some popcorn? Get your own. Okay. I'm kidding. You can share. Well, that was it. What did you think? That was awesome. Wasn't it? Very impressive. So can we keep the projector? Not on your life. Good night, folks. I don't want you to see the excessive begging and pleading to follow. See you next time on Sonic Gold when we continue to listen with Captain Blood's Pirates and Jim French's production, Kincaid. Good night. Please. No. Really? No. Please. God, no. I, if I brought it upstairs? No. If I brought it in a box? Shut it. Please. Shut oh, it. come on. Hey. Your friend. Hold on. What was that? That sounded like a quantum barrier breach, not a chronal, mind you. A very distinct ping sounded. Quantum? Of course. Usually heralding a complete disruption in parallel worlds. Parallel world? Yes, they're just like horizontal worlds, but going the other way. You're not laughing. It's not funny. 
Where am I? That depends. We could be in one of any of the 87 known universes, although I suspect there's one or two more that are just too shy to introduce themselves. No, here. This place. I was in the library. Right. The Library of Jack and Shannon. Quiet place. I'll get to it. I was there looking up a rather rare book on a lady named Alice, and things sort of got busy. By busy, you mean a policeman's box in the center of the library began to shake, and you grabbed me and yelled, Poor Jem! in my face. Poor Jem, actually. And that means... Roughly translated Alan Z in Russian. And that means... Poor little human beings. There's a story about everyone in the European village speaking three or four languages, except the village idiot who can only speak two. Most North Americans pride themselves on being less than the village idiot in Europe. That's it. That's it? That's your story. Not much of a story. Mm, more of an allegory, I suppose. That's it! What's it? Allegory! Story! What's your name? Shannon, and you're the doc... Better leave that part alone. We're in dangerous enough ground as it is. You're in podcasting, aren't you? Mostly radio drama, but yes. Why? Of course, I should have known. I spent so much time in audio space. That's what's happened. We've entered the radial universe. Is that bad? Not if you've got an audio show. They'll probably worship you here. Is that bad? Depends on your definition of bad, I suppose. So, all we have to do is locate a show... What's the next episode you're presenting? Uh, Jack usually handles the scheduling. Um, Hillary Kane. Of course, Jim French Productions. I should have known the master was involved. Hold on! Why? Because I'm setting course for the Earth of the 1930s. If we can sync up with the regular release of the show, we should be able to piggyback our way back home. Like salmon spawning upstream. Really? Well, without the spawning, anyway. Although, I suppose a cocktail or two wouldn't be out of the question. Ready? Poi, Jim! So, are you a physician, or...? It's never really clear. Jack? Jack? Can we get out of here now? What's wrong? Well, it's getting stuffy in this police box, for one, and it's dark. Then it worked! What did? We got back home! Jack, we never left. We've just been sitting in this police box the whole time while you use your sonic screwdriver to make sound effects. Sonic sound effects screwdriver. Whatever. It produces whatever sound effects we need for the moment. I said, whatever. Besides, what's with the get-up? What? This, I'm the doctor. You look like a sexually confused rodeo clown. The doctor would never wear that. Did you see Sylvester McCoy? No, really. And the accent? I I think I pull a rather fetching Canadian accent when I need to- Oh my god, you're not the doctor! Do you have the key? The what? Uh, The the key to the, the police box. We're locked in here? Only until the next show. I'm sure we can get out- In here? And- Why do you always write me so mean? What do you mean, mean? I'm always so mean to you! Well, they are based on real life. Ow! Where are you? How can you hide in a police box? I'm rolling the credits now! I'll credit you! Wouldn't that sound better if you said I'll roll you? Ow! That should do it. Where are we? Yeah! I thought you said you were taking us to the movies! Actually, I said we were going to the drive-in. Well, this is the end of a dirt road. Where's the screen? And the other cars? Uh, Actually, the invitation was for... Oh, no, we tried that before, remember? Where you and Shannon go, so goes the show. Right. Well, we're here anyway. Where's the screen? It's kind of pretty, the look-off. It's funny you call them look-offs here in Nova Scotia. We call them lookouts in Ontario. (laughs) (laughs) What's so funny? What do you say when something's coming at you? I don't know. What do you say? Look out! Why? No, that's what we say. I call them cliffs, actually. 
Unless I'm singing. You sing at lookouts? I mean, look-offs? Only when there's an echo. What do you call them when you're singing? Cliff's notes, of course. You never heard of them? <sighs> yes, I've heard of them. Whole bunches of books written about it. You know. I know. Real small-like. Shannon, could you turn the radio to 88.1 FM? But that's CKDU, the station where we do the show. Exactly. Only tonight, I thought it might be nice if you and I, I mean, um, we came out and, and listened to the show in our own little drive-in. That's really sweet. Yeah, really thoughtful. Speaking of sweet, did anyone bring candy? Uh, Ken? Ken McAlpine? You have a big bowl of popcorn on your lap. I said candy. Popcorn isn't candy. Well, if you're not eating it. I didn't say I wasn't eating it. Well, do you mind if you switch places with Shannon? Then how will we all eat the popcorn if he's not in the middle? He could pass the bowl around. I don't see that happening. No? Uh, no, no, I guess you wouldn't. So, what's on the drive-in tonight? It's an extra-long feature. It's the Radio Repertory Company of America presenting a fun science fiction adventure called Flight of the Bumblebee, starring Marina Sirtis. Is she the Jedi princess? No, she's from The Matrix. She played Deanna Troy in Star Trek The Next Generation. Another Star Trek show? Well, after the movie, I, I thought we might... Pass me the popcorn, Mr. Ken. Ken McAlpine. This isn't working out for you much, is it? Let's just enjoy the show, Okay. Well, that was a lot of fun. Thanks for coming, Shannon. And? And Betty Lou and Mo. And me, Ken. Ken McAlpine. How could I forget? Wouldn't be the first time. Okay, we can head back and I'll drop everyone off. Oh, no. What? I'm... Out of gas. Really? Really? We'd better, we'd better get out and push. Come on, everyone. One. This is nice. Usually, I'm the one pushing alone. This has happened before to you, Betty Lou? Actually, most of my dates run out of gas. Or get tired out and drop me off early. Okay. Push, everyone. I'm not done my popcorn. You know, in spite of it all, I think it was a good idea. Really? Thanks. You know, sometimes you put up with a lot. Yes, I do, Jack. Yes, I do. Don't anyone move. When I was first invited up to Murderheim Manor during the reading of the will of the retirement of Mrs. Murderheim, Anne was huddled into this 19th century parlor during a lightning storm in which the power went out here on the moors, Little did I know that I would be here solving a murder. <gasps> yes, a foul, malicious murder, the worst kind, in that it involves a death. I said the worst kind, in that it involves a death. <gasps> and as the candles have been blown out three consecutive times in the storm, three more corpses have become dead bodies. And as I light my pipe... I swear by the King of England, there will not be a fourth. Lady Placenta Murderheim. Yes? It was your great aunt, Miss Diorama Murderheim, who had invited us all to the retiring of her will, correct? The parchment did need to be restored, yes. And was it before or after she was murdered that she asked you to send it to be restored? Before? As I suspected. And where were you while your great-aunt, Miss Diorama Murderheim herself, was being refurbished to death, along with her couch in the living room? Don't sip your tea first, answer me, please. I was in the kitchen. Kitchen, eh? And what were you doing there? I was making tea and listening to Harry Niles. Aha! 
Which Harry Niles was that? Harry Niles and the West Bay Road. Aha! As I suspected. And were I to inquire as to where exactly the Harry Niles show, in which we speak of, were, so to speak, speaking, would you speak of it? Oh, I, I mean, tell us. You want to listen to Harry Niles and the West Bay Road? Yes, that would be very nice. Thank you so very much. And more tea, please. It's delightful. Now, as we were, you were in the kitchen, Miss Murderheim. Yes. Which begs the question, where were you at the time, Colonel Kininger Pottington? I say, old boy, what are you nattering on about? What? 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 What, what? What, what? What, where were you at the time Mrs. Diorama Murderheim was reshot into this charming Chesterfield? I was out fouling the moors, what? Not what, Mr. Pottington? Who? And so you were out, fouling the moors with your gun when there was a perfectly good loo indoors. Did you not hear the untimely scream of Miss Murderheim as she was cruelly crushed into this couch until she was a cadaver? A deceased cadaver! I was listening to my iPod. Actually, it was an iPod Nano. I noticed it when you entered the parlour. But that is not what is important. What is important is exactly what you were listening to, Mr. Pottington, that kept your mind off of doing your business. Mm, Shooting the bird. If that's what you wish to call it, and not hearing the pitiful screams of poor Mrs. Murderheim. Only colonial radio theatre's Captain Blood, what? What indeed? Well played. I think we should all listen to this blood for ourselves, mightn't we? It's right here, Inspector. Chapter 6, Don Pedro. So that answers the Colonel's whereabouts. It does indeed, what? Not what, where? Which leaves only Skimmer McHottenpants, the pool boy. Why me? For a very important reason, Skimmer. One that I hope you will make clear for all of us. For what reason does Miss Murderheim employ a pool boy on an ancient estate on the moors that has no pool? You would have to ask Miss Murderheim for that. Quaint. And how clever of you to realize I do not speak Corpsicana. But you can answer us why you would accept such a job as pool boy without a pool. A guy has to start somewhere. That's an excellent point, Skimmer. Excellent. Which is why this case is unsolvable. This sofa I am sitting on, in which Miss Murdersheim met her end. My, this is a lumpy refurbishment. Someone's alive in there. Where? In the Chesterfield. Are you sure? I think you're right. Thank heavens. I thought I would suffocate in there. Miss Murdersheim. How extraordinary! Do you give me a hand, please? Evidently, I can speak Corpsicana. She doesn't appear to be dead. Careful! It might be a trick. Of course I'm not dead. It's a hide-a-bed, you see. And I just got stuck trying to open it. Easy mistake to make. What a relief, what? The relief, that's what. At least the case is closed. But what about the other three bodies that died when the lights went out? That's right. The case is closed. But... Closed! Good old memories. Join us next week as we present our second Deadline Anthology Shorts collection with three tales of murder and mayhem. Until then, I'm Jack Ward. Good night.
This has been an Electric Vicuna production. <laughs>